Hi, this is an audio recording of an online resilience practices class facilitated by Frank Baird on November 3rd, 2021. The topic for this class is meeting holiday stress and holiday excitement. This audio recording is made available to you free for your benefit and enjoyment. Hi, everyone. Welcome to tonight's Resilience Practices class. I'm your host, Frank Baird. So let's start with what is resilience. So it's the capacity and the flexibility with which we meet life. And it's made up of interrelated and complementary skills. And we're going to explore and practice one of those skills now. And just a note, there are lots of ways to practice, and I I always want to say there's no one right way, though lots of people will tell you their way is the right way. I say the way that works for you is the right way. So my encouragement to you is to play around with and experiment. Some of these practices might work for you, some of them might not, but play around and find the ones that do. So tonight, we're going to talk about meeting holiday stress or meeting holiday excitement. You know, the the season's best holiday, Halloween, just passed. And then there are some other incidental holidays coming up. Um, But there's an abundance of holidays. And so I thought it might be helpful to talk about ways to be prepared for both the holiday stress and the holiday excitement. So I want to say first a bit about stress, because stress is what uh, often brings us to this class and to others, uh, looking for ways to ease stress, to manage stress. So the key to resilience is knowing when it's safe to rest, and then resting effectively. And, And by that, I mean a lot of times... Um, we're holding stress in our minds. We keep thinking stressful things or about things that are stressful. We um, hold them in our emotions. We hold them in our body, the way our body gets configured. And it's important to know when to rest. For example, at three o'clock in the morning, if I'm worried about something I can't do anything about at three o'clock in the morning, probably not useful for me to be thinking about that stressful thing at three o'clock in the morning, but I may not know how not to. So part of the resilience practices is or are knowing uh, when it's safe to rest, when it's okay to rest, resting effectively. By that, I mean restorative rest, not just kind of a holding pattern. And part of what helps with this is changing the focus from the stressor, the thing that's bringing the stress to your life, causing the stress to your life, changing the focus from the stressor to how we're meeting it, how we're responding to it. Sometimes there may not be a lot we can do about the stressor, but there's always something we can do about our relationship to the stressor. And it's interesting and often surprising how much we can do in relation to our relationship to the stressor. So when you think about rest, it's it's helpful to consider how do you know when you need to rest? Because some of us don't know we need to rest until we collapse. And it might be helpful to have been aware of that sooner than the collapse. 
Um, uh, it's helpful. Oops. I uh, didn't mean to click on my slide yet. It's helpful to know what you're experiencing that tells you you need to rest. Um, then what do you do to rest? And then checking to see if your rest is restorative. These are the important aspects of rest. So I want to talk about two kinds of stress that can happen during the holidays. One is excitement stress, or it's um, often called eustress. So the thing about eustress is it's considered positive or beneficial. Sometimes eustress gives us the motivation to move forward, to do something. The risk with uh, excitement stress is that sometimes we might overindulge in it, or we might start craving um, excitement. We might start craving more um, stimulation in our lives. So often what happens in relation to excitement is we have this, uh, our attitude um, is good, but then it starts to sour when either the excitement wanes or when we become tired. One of the things you'll notice is that when we become tired, mostly our attitude uh, sours. Um, I think I wish as adults, we could view ourselves and other adults the way we view children often, where they start getting cranky and we go, it's nap time. Like, wouldn't it be nice if our lives were simple enough to go, I need a nap instead of I need to fix my life or I need to change who I am or all, all the many other kinds of things we do to not just acknowledge that we're just cranky and need a nap. So this is excitement stress. Now, there's also negative stress, which is called distress, and our tendency is to want to move away from and avoid whatever is causing that stress. It's often accompanied by dread or worry or fear or anxiety, and our mood is likely to sour early because it's unpleasant and to get worse if the stress doesn't ease or, yep, you guessed it, when we become tired and it becomes even harder to bear, it becomes even more unpleasant. So with the holidays, we can experience excitement and positive stress. We can also experience negative stress. So I wanna mention some of the holiday stressors and then we're gonna do a practice because the important part of this class is the practice. We're gonna do a practice that can help us be with and maybe even ease the effects of some of these stressors. So one holiday stressor is fatigue. We just get tired. There's too much joy or too little. Um, sometimes there's uh, it, it, we're tired in our heart meaning I, I can't feel so much anymore. I've felt too much, right? So if it's pleasant, I'm just, I felt too much pleasant. I felt too much love and I'm tired. Or if it's the opposite, we're experiencing a lot of negative stress, then it's just my heart hurts because I feel whatever it is I feel that hurts my heart. Another way we can experience Fatigue is in our stomach, and that is related to something that's pretty popular around these holidays, which is eating. I mean, eating is popular in general, but it becomes especially popular during the holidays, and there are so many rituals of the holidays that involve food. So we can become tired um, because we've been eating too much. We can become tired because of what we've been eating. We can become tired of because of why we're eating. 
And then another holiday stressor is sometimes found in a bottle, which means that often some of us have trouble, uh, some of us has trouble, uh, say year round, say with alcohol or recreational drugs, or during the holidays, especially, especially with alcohol, because so many gatherings have alcohol as part of the celebration. And so, oops, I clicked my slide again. So sometimes we get tired because of alcohol. Even if it's not, even if alcohol isn't a problem for us, just consuming alcohol can make us tired, but especially if we have trouble with the amount of alcohol. So fatigue from too much or too little of what's going on at the holidays. Some other holiday stressors are related to nostalgia and grief. You know, that feeling that this holiday today isn't like it was when I was a kid, or that um, this holiday is different than past holidays because loved ones are gone, or we don't have access to them, or that um, holiday joy is never as acute as it is either when we were a kid or in a Hallmark special. You know, I don't know if you have this experience, but like all of the holiday movies come out and everybody is so happy and the, ha and the families are so good together. Not all of them. There is Home Alone and, <laughs> and, and some movies like that, but right. But there's this preponderance of um, this nice sentiment and how special the holidays are. And sometimes there's grief because that's not our lived experience. It either never was or we're anticipating it won't be for certain reasons or because of these things in the past, the nostalgia of the past. Um, there's grief related to um, if one of the holidays we celebrate isn't recognized by the larger culture, right? You know, there, there are a lot of holidays coming up and not all of them are even acknowledged, right? Some of them um, were co-opted by other holidays. Um, so sometimes there's grief that um, our celebration, our culture isn't um, recognized or at least acknowledged or isn't just like run over because everybody's buying the Christmas tree and the Hanukkah candles. And I'm mentioning those as the two big holidays. And for a while, right? Sometimes culturally, even the Jewish holidays aren't particularly recognized as easily or readily as uh, Christmas, which, depending on your view, is either considered a Christian holiday or a secular holiday. And I guess that has to do with how you spell it. But then also financial limitations, right? The holidays, there's a lot of uh, sales that go on that we're, as good consumers, supposed to take advantage of. Um, you know, once in a year sale or um, the idea of giving gifts and wanting to give and feeling the limitation of our capacity to give. So lots of potential for nostalgia and grief around the holidays. There's envy, anger, or resentment that can often happen around the holidays. Again, that my experience isn't like a, holiday, a Hallmark holiday. Um, sometimes the anger or resentment is, uh, or even the envy, because often envy precedes anger and resentment, is that um, the Hallmark holiday is a lie or somehow is being kept from me. Again, related to the dominant culture not recognizing my holiday, or worse, that my holiday was stolen 
it was co-opted or colonized by another ho- another holiday, um, another aspect of the culture. Um, it was stolen, or sometimes my holiday is prohibited, uh, either by the dominant culture or by um, uh, maybe not overtly prohibited, but just sort of forgotten because it's become some different holiday. Uh, Sometimes there's envy, anger, or resentment because we see others enjoying themselves more than we are. And again, that we have financial limitations or that we have financial obligations, right? The limitation would be to, I feel generous and I feel constrained in my generosity because of my financial circumstances. Or sometimes people get irritated because they feel obligated. I need to buy so-and-so and so-and-so a gift. Or, you know, if I buy so-and-so a gift, I have to buy somebody else a gift also because I don't want to, right? So so these feelings of envy, anger, or resentment. There's a lot of family involved during the upcoming holidays. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not for different people. Um you know, the complexities of family. So sometimes with family, you wish you could see some of your family more often. And there's sadness related to not being able to see them more often. Or some you wish you never had to see. And then there's either sadness or anger or at least aversion to having to see them at all. Um, And some family you're seeing for the first time, and that can be joyous, or that can also be kind of anxiety provoking. If you um, uh, got married, for example, and it's the first holiday with the family, sometimes there's conflict around whose house you go to, Um, you know, whose house do you go to on the morning of a particular holiday or on the evening of a holiday or the day before, or which holiday. And with some family, you may be seeing somebody for the last time or anticipating that you're seeing them for the last time. And then, of course, food. Um, Food. Of course, I want to say the pandemic hasn't been a holiday, but there's been a lot of food going on with the pandemic. So related to food, the stressors can be from overeating. The stressors can be from weight gain, self-judgment self-control challenges. And then I have no idea what that last thing I I was putting there. So whatever that was, there's that thing too related to food. So some people experience what's called seasonal affective disorder. It's a seasonal depression. And it can be at different times of year. Some people experience it in fall and winter. Some people experience it in spring or summer. And it's related to like the the difference in the days when um, darkness falls or evening arrives. Um, in the winter and around these winter holidays, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. So if we were doing this in Australia, it'd be the reverse. Um, But having shorter days, having grayer days, sometimes uh, that brings with it increased fatigue or increased appetite changes or oversleeping. So that can be an adjustment to the weather and the kind of weather and the length of the days. And that can also be uh, one of the um, effects of seasonal affective disorder. So that's a lot of possibility for stress and excitement. So here the question would be, in terms of resilience, instead of becoming self-conscious or self-critical, or instead of becoming competitive, 
or overindulgent or avoidant. And I want to say like, instead of becoming, so this would be the aspiration, right? Instead of becoming, but it may be, can I be less self-conscious or less self-critical, less competitive, less, I don't know if overindulgent would you become less overindulgent or less indulgent, less avoidant. What if instead what we could do is experience a holiday with attention focused outward on the purpose and the meaning of the holiday. Like being able to remember what is the cause of the holiday, what is the intention of the holiday. Every holiday these days has been sort of co-opted by capitalism and buy and sell things. But can we connect with what, what is the meaning of this holiday? Why are we calling it a holiday? And what if instead of those other things that bring with them stress and I'll just say are all downers, what if we could use this time for connection and reflection and gratitude and remembrance? It feels like it would be really, really, really different. So the practice we're going to do today is called cultivating unstoppable friendliness. Some of you may be familiar with this practice. It's sometimes called loving kindness or metta. Um, but what it does is the practice helps us shift our attitude toward ourselves, shift toward a friendlier attitude toward ourselves and others, shift our body configuration. Instead of getting configured the way we do around stress, have a body configuration that is more allowing, a, a body configuration that really happens when we feel safe enough to be more relaxed and not to have to be so tense. It has an effect on the self-talk we have. And part of the practice is allowing during this practice. So as we do it, what I'm going to do is uh, it's, we're going to do it in the form of a meditation and I'm going to provide some guidance. So all you have to do is follow the, <clears throat> excuse me, all you have to do is follow the sound of my voice. But one of the things you're invited to do during the practice is Allow whatever is arising to arise and make a gentle effort to be with it. This is part of what I'm talking about when I say shifting our relationship to the stressor, right? The stressor still can be whatever it is, but to the extent that I shift my attitude toward myself, shift how my body is configured, shift that inner dialogue, and shift in the direction of making a gentle effort to be with the experience I'm having, to the extent that I can do that, everything is more bearable at the least. And sometimes these practices lead to things like more calmness, more equanimity, greater relaxation, and even happiness. So tonight's practice is cultivating unstoppable friendliness to help us when meeting holiday stress and excitement. So what I would invite you to do now is find a comfortable posture. Whatever feels comfortable for you, you can be sitting, standing, lying down. Your eyes can be open or closed. And the easiest way to practice today is listen to my voice and notice what happens. And then if your attention wanders off, 
bring it back to listening to my voice and noticing what's happening. Making this gentle effort to be with whatever arises instead of like judging it, which we're mostly really good at, right? The invitation here is, can I notice instead of judging? Or more accurately, notice that I'm judging and then can I just for now, just for this practice, ease up or let go of the judgment just for the practice? And then if you need to at any time for any reason, stop for any reason, including I'm just not in the mood, right? Because I don't know if you know this, but that's a legitimate reason too. So with that said, if you haven't already, I invite you to take this comfortable posture and let's do this practice. So you might start by settling your body, settling into the posture you're in, settling into, if you're sitting in a chair, settling into the chair, if you're lying down, noticing any places where there's tension or tightness in the body. Often the least difficult way to settle is to notice, is there tension or tightness in my body? And can I let any of that go? You may not be able to let go of all of it, but let go of as much of it as you can. Really feel the weight of your body as you're sitting or lying down or standing. Letting go of as much tension or tightness as you can. And in this practice, we're going to be using some thinking, some purposeful thinking. We're going to be saying some phrases. And these will act as our attention anchor or our meditation anchor. So whenever attention wanders, you bring them back to these particular thoughts, to these particular phrases. So right now, I invite you to bring to mind a being that you love or like or are fond of. I say being because this can be a human being. It can be a pet or an animal. And if you have a number of beings that you love or like or are fond of, for now, pick one for this practice. You can always practice with any of the others later. So bringing to mind a being that you love or like or you're fond of. And when they feel as present as you can make them right now, 
however it is you feel their presence. Maybe it's you see an image of them. Maybe you feel something in your body, in their presence, in your heart. However it is, when they feel as present as you can make them for now, Imagine making these wishes to them. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong in body. May you be safe and protected from harm. May you live with ease and well-being. So you have attention focused on this being and these wishes for this being. And you just notice how that feels for you. What it's like to be in the presence of these thoughts, these good wishes. I often use my dog as my being here and I can't Think of my dog without smiling, without feeling my body get kind of warm. So noticing, making these wishes to this being, whether you would use this kind of language or not, notice what happens for you. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong in body. May you be safe and protected from harm. May you live with ease and well-being. Just noticing how it feels to be here with this being, with these good wishes. And now imagine them making these same wishes to you. So whether they would use this language or not, my dog, for example, doesn't use this language, but he does wag his tail and stick his tongue out. So imagining this being that you love or like or you're fond of, imagine them making these wishes to you. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong in body. May you be safe and protected from harm. 
May you live with ease and well-being. And now, since the two of you are hanging out here together and you're so talky and wishy, how about if you make these wishes, both of you, together? May we both be happy and peaceful. May we both be healthy and strong in body. May we both be safe and protected from harm. May we both live with ease and well-being. Now shift attention to you and make these wishes to yourself. And you might start by trying in the third person. So saying to yourself, may you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong in body. May you be safe and protected from harm. May you live with ease and well-being. And noticing what it's like to hang out with yourself Make these wishes to yourself. It may feel similar to making these wishes to a being that you love or like or are fond of, or it may be different. Some of us have more ambivalent relationships to ourselves. So you're not trying to convince yourself of anything here. You're not trying to make any particular emotions happen. You're engaging in the practice and noticing what happens. And so notice what happens when you make these wishes to yourself in the first person. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be healthy and strong in body. May I be safe and protected from harm. May I live with ease and well-being.
And now, because this practice is called unstoppable friendliness, let's stretch and bring to mind a neutral being. So this might be someone you're familiar with, but you don't really know. Maybe the person that gets you coffee at the coffee house. Or maybe somebody you see walking in your neighborhood. Or maybe the squirrel in that tree out back. So a neutral being. You don't really know them. You're aware of them. You don't think about them much or have a lot of feeling necessarily. But bring this being to mind. And imagine making these wishes to them. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong in body. May you be safe and protected from harm. May you live with ease and well-being. And just noticing what it's like to be in the presence of a neutral being and making these wishes And now, shifting attention and being careful with this next one. The invitation here is bring to mind a being that brings some challenges or difficulty to your life. Not the most difficult being. This being might be a challenging neighbor. It might be the rat that just destroyed my brand new dishwasher. It might be whatever, a being that brings to you some difficulty, not the most, because we're practicing here. So bring this being to mind and have them be as close to you as you want. So if you want them to be far away in your mind, have them stand far away. Bring them no closer than you want them to be or can tolerate being or feel safe. And when this being comes to mind, imagine making these wishes, these same wishes, to them. And again, you're not convincing yourself of anything. You don't have to believe this, feel it. Say it and notice what it's like to be in the presence of this particular being and these wishes. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong in body. May you be... Well, I can't remember the words. Oh yeah, may you be safe and protected from harm. 
may you live with ease and well-being. And noticing what it's like to be in the presence of this being and these wishes. And remembering that this practice is called unstoppable friendliness, and you may have noticed some snags in the friendliness you might have been able to muster for a difficult or challenging being. And that's okay. Part of this practice is noticing where our friendliness stops or slows down and seeing if we can practice and cultivate greater capacity for friendliness, greater capacity for love. So now shifting attention to all beings everywhere, known and unknown, without exception. So that would include other people, all the people. It would include all the mammals, birds, fish, amphibians, reptiles, insects, microorganisms, plants, all beings everywhere, known and unknown, without exception. Imagine making these wishes to all beings. May all beings everywhere, without exception, be happy and peaceful. May all beings everywhere, without exception, I may not even know what that means. <laughs> I may not have the capacity to imagine, but as best I can, may all beings everywhere, without exception, be healthy and strong in body. May all beings everywhere, without exception, be safe and protected from harm. May all beings everywhere, without exception, live with ease and well-being. Noticing what it's like to be in the presence of these thoughts, these wishes. May we all be happy and peaceful. May we all be healthy and strong in body. May we all be safe 
and protected from harm. May we all live with ease and well-being. Noticing what it feels like to be in the presence of these thoughts, these wishes. And to conclude our practice for tonight, if your eyes are closed, you might open them. You might move your head around, look from side to side, look up, look down, shrug your shoulders, stretch, wiggle your fingers, wiggle your toes. And this will conclude our practice for tonight. <laughs> 